you are going to inspire somebody else who is going through what you're going through to find their own sense of power. They're going to make their own connections through your story to move them through. And you're not even going to know that you've inspired this person, that you've made a difference in their life, that then that person's going to make a difference in their kid's life or their spouse's life or somebody else down the line. And it's the ripple effect to how we actually get through this life experience is by sharing our stories. So it's almost like it's your mission. If it's on your heart, if you're scared to do it. Hello, and welcome to the Healing and Dealing podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing and Dealing podcast. Today, I'm so honored and excited to introduce Katie Romagnolo. She is a spiritual business coach who helps heart-led entrepreneurs overcome fear, break the cycle of self-sabotage, and release past traumas so they can build a business that they love and find fulfillment in their life and work. She is a certified NLP master practitioner, multiple best-selling and award-winning author, international speaker on the world tour for Think and Grow Rich, podcast host, and was recently featured on the hit TV show Dragon's Den. Wow. Founder of Moon Logic, Katie's unique system teaches how to work with the moon phases to navigate life and business. She helps transform passion projects into six or even seven-figure empires. She blends her expertise in business and passion for helping others as the founder and broker of record at Blue Moon Realty and boutique real estate broker helping home buyers and sellers make the move they never thought was possible. As an advocate for mental health support for real estate professionals, she trains agents across North America. Wow, is there anything you don't do? I'm just wondering. <laughs> you are uh, thank you so much. Wow, you're amazing. Like just going through your bio I was like, oh my gosh, she's like, she does it all. Yeah. Well, I definitely wasn't someone who was doing it all before. And it's really just been passion pieces of things I've really wanted to do over the years. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. You're very inspiring, especially for someone like me who's just starting out and would love to have that bio someday. So I love that I get the chance to talk with you and learn about you and my listeners can learn about you and really dive into your life and what led you here to building this beautiful empire for yourself and for all of the people surrounding you. So we will dive in, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. You've got such a beautiful space and I love the conversations you're having. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun so far and really healing for myself and of course for you know some of the guests that have come on and the listeners and just all the feedback I've been hearing it's it's really been awesome it's like definitely a passion project that I would love to turn into something bigger which I know if I just keep grinding and keep being consistent it will 
especially with, you know, my cert, my certification that I just got and practicing NLP and everything, you know, that, that you do as well, Reiki practitioners. So it's all just like in the works and just building up that confidence, you know, and really stepping into this new version of Charlotte that I've always knew was in there. It's just like coming out now, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. I, I relate to that so much. The new version that has to emerge, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. So I'd love for everyone to learn about you and your background. I know that you've suffered from some childhood trauma as well. I know you've battled depression and social anxiety. And here you are in front of me and with this, you know, empire that you've built. So how does one get to where you're at? You know, like what kind of things did you go through as a child and what have you had to work through as you've been developing into a woman? Hmm. It's such an interesting journey that is really unique to every single person that, you know, ever comes over any childhood adversities or, or things like that. And for me, I never expected to be here. If you would have asked me five years ago, I didn't have a plan to build what I've built today. Yeah. And it's just been following that passion piece, one breadcrumb at a time. And wow. in 2017, I was sitting in a, a conference and I was really good at getting out of things like that for a long time because I really struggled with social anxiety and I found it hard to even just sit in the room with other professionals. My hands mm. were sweaty. I didn't know how to network. I was feeling like my heart was racing. I was going to have a panic attack. And in that moment, I actually had some divine intervention that happened for my life and my healing and in feeling so incredibly in uncomfortable in my own skin, I actually mm -hmm. beelined it out of the room with the, <laughs> all the big people and the hundreds of people there to a small breakout session. And in that session was where I thought I could just hide and just, you know, be in the back of the room of something smaller. But it turns out that the doorway that I chose that day would actually open up to everything that I'm doing today, because mm. there was a set of trainers in there that were talking about NLP and that's neuro-linguistic programming and how the subconscious mind is really responsible for how we show up mm -hmm. and it holds on to every thought, every experience and every feeling about every experience we've ever had. And it was in some of the moments there, just sitting, listening that I realized I really needed to tell somebody for the very first time that I was struggling with anxiety, that mm -hmm. I didn't know how to talk to people, that I was pretending to be confident. And it was really affecting my work at the time as a real estate agent. And I was crying in my car all the way home, just struggling to exist at that particular time. Mm -hmm. It was one of the lowest moments and times in my life. And saying it out loud to a stranger actually caused a huge amount of shame and mm. just overwhelming feelings of embarrassment. At the time I actually cried and yeah. had tears and it was this, this emotional release that I felt really silly about, but yeah. of course, I had accidentally, quotation marks, chosen the perfect person to say it to because it would start <laughs> my journey yeah. of healing all of the pieces that were holding me back, that were causing the anxiety and making those connections on really deep levels. Yeah, that divine intervention, right? It's like these people are placed in our lives at the perfect moment to just crack us open if, if needed. I love that. Yeah. So I'm curious, like normally I, I would hear people say, you know, saying it out loud felt good, like a relief, but you're saying it was the opposite. So 
Mm, yeah. It's a really important distinguishing factor. And that's why I say everybody's journey is so unique. How mm-hmm. someone else expresses and feels that they've progressed may be very different to yourself. Right. And one of the big reasons I really had to uncover as to why I felt so much shame really on my voice itself and speaking up for myself was because I grew up in a household where it was not okay to speak up, that it was actually very dangerous at times mm. to say what you were thinking or to go against what you were told. And and you were essentially not allowed to have an opinion. So I grew up in a household that was very controlling and it was fear that was used in Mm. order to keep us in line. So then also going to a really dangerous high school that was rated one of the worst high schools in the entire city. And there was a lot of gang activity and drug activity. And it was just this whole growing up container, this, the center of being in fear and trying to survive and learning how to hide essentially. And and you don't want to stand out in Mm. a scenario like that. So being someone who now is in the spotlight quite often, I've had to overcome a lot of those feelings of, do I feel safe to speak and be seen? Right. You are, you've been so used to just staying small. So no one would notice you. And that's probably why when you came out and said, like, I have anxiety that you felt like total shame and overwhelmed because normally you would never do that. How were you received when you when you revealed that to them? It was the most beautiful moment in my life because it wasn't about words. I couldn't even tell you what the response was to this day because I was so much in my own head thinking, oh my goodness, what are they thinking of me? I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I did that. What am I doing? And the chatter was going Mm -hmm. on that all I remember was the feeling of just being there with one person, even though there was hundreds of people around us and realizing that there was a safe energy about that particular person. And Mm -hmm. I started to get really intrigued with the energy in the room at that time and how it wasn't just about my learned abilities to communicate or be a salesperson or, Mm -hmm. or do the logical things, but I needed to understand how energy is really transferred to each and every one of us in those connecting moments where someone is truly authentic. Yeah. And, and really like being aware of how do I feel right now with this person? Yeah. So huge, definitely. And it's funny because before you're aware of that, you're around people and like, you can, sometimes you get that like vibe, that negative energy. And you're like, what is that? And you're like something about them. I just don't, I don't vibe with or click with. And then there's those people that are just like warm and welcoming and you just, you know, you love being in their, in their presence. So yeah, Yeah. becoming, becoming aware of that is, you know, it's something I feel like that we learn and and we kind of grow, you know, as we get older or some people, you know, might not ever learn it. I don't know that they just think it's a feeling, you know, Wow, I'm so glad you, you met that person. I can relate so much because I was very similar, like very nervous in social situations. I still am practicing and really working that muscle and being able to network because I'm just not a small talk type person. I would much rather have these deep, meaningful conversations than have to like pitch myself 20 times, you know, like, no, that's so not me. (laughs) But definitely agree. Are you saying that that's like something I can learn and get better at? And even though I'm more of an introvert and would like this just, you know, one-on-one type stuff, how has that looked for you? 
Oh, yes. So this is something that really excites me for others because I too am very much so an introvert. I could literally go like days and weeks and years without actually seeing (laughs) another human being and be like, I'm cool. Like I I should probably get outside. (laughs) And it's just my personal energy, my safe space. And I think that's also learned uh, trauma response to some degree for myself personally. And getting out of that comfort zone, what I first learned that really, really helped me to get comfortable in my own skin is that I would start to do the opposite of everything that I had done that was causing me to be a recluse. And so it started with these little mini action steps of somebody maybe asking to go for lunch or coffee or, you know, networking event or go to a Zoom meeting, things like that. And normally I would have a really good reason as to why I couldn't, I was too busy. It wasn't the right timing (laughs) or whatever. And instead I would catch myself in the moment and just say, yes. Okay. And then have the goodness, you know, feelings of the nervousness and the panickingness. And then when I would get there, I would, there's two things I would do. I would, even if it was just on screen really change my state. So shoulders back, because normally I was really good at being sort of contracted Mm -hmm. and shoulders head down, not looking at anyone. (laughs) Right. And just sort of sitting straight up and, and having that eye contact. And I would practice this in the grocery store first, where (laughs) I would walk around, make eye contact with people, like a little bit of a smile, just have a warm demeanor, not talking to people, but (laughs) in my head, I would actually say, and I would kind of make myself laugh because I felt like such an idiot doing it. (laughs) But I would say, Katie, you are so confident. Mm. Katie so confident. And I'd make it sort of funny and ridiculous in my head yeah. that I would start overriding those feelings of, you don't know what you're going to say. You're too shy. I just, I'm too nervous to talk to people was my old rhetoric mm-hmm. that was going on in my head. So I, I really practiced that ahead of time and then just learned how to ask questions. That's the yeah. skill set. I think people really want to talk about themselves. So mm-hmm. what are a couple of key questions you can ask that just get other people talking? And it's, it's so a really true. great icebreaker. Yeah. I was just listening to a podcast on Mel Robbins and it was talking about like making friends, you know, and like how difficult that can be if you are an introvert. And yeah. one of the things she said was like in the coffee line, when you're in Starbucks or whatever your favorite coffee shop is, don't pull your phone out, you know, stand in the line, feel those uncomfortable feelings of like, okay, like, what do I say? Or, and that's something that I've actually practiced where I'm like, oh, your shirt's really cute. Or I'll give a compliment or, um, you know, just like try to relate in some way, you know, and it really builds conversation. So love yeah. That. yeah, it is. I feel like we, we avoid being uncomfortable so often and our phone is like a perfect gateway to not yeah. have, not have to cope in those moments, you know? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I have this little motto that I do now that it's do the thing that scares you most. Oh, I and love that. yeah, and it keeps <laughs> evolving. So now the thing that scares me most is doing group classes at uh, like a fitness center. Oh, and, okay. Right. So it, it's caused me a lot of anxiety to think about, oh, doing these high intensity classes with others in a group. Mm-hmm. And, but every time I notice, oh, you're shrinking in your personality and it's feeling a little restrictive. I can't do that. My goodness. I need to do that. So do oh the thing gosh. that scares you most. That like totally sends me on a side note because I just signed up for group Pilates classes and I always try to go to like the farthest one, you know, (laughs) and there's, there's one, it's one, it has a machine. It's one of those carousel Pilates machines and there's one right in the middle of the room. So 
one person always has to be in the middle. So that's the scariest for me. I'm going to do that next time I go. Love it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. See, something always comes to mind when I say do the thing that scares you most. It doesn't mean you're jumping off the roof of the Empire State Building right. or something. It's usually a doable action yeah. that has been avoided in the everyday. Yeah, exactly. And, and I feel like that's when the magic happens. When you step out of that comfort zone, do something that scares you. I mean, just this podcast alone was like, I had major imposter syndrome. I had all that rhetoric that you were talking about, like, no one's going to listen to me. I can't do this. Like, what, what, what do I have to say? You know, and then once I started coming back at that with, I have so much to say, I'm amazing. I've, overcame so much and people do want to hear other people's stories that's the beauty of life is storytelling i think so yeah it's just like you're battling yourself all the time yeah. Oh, definitely <laughs> yeah and it's like a muscle you have to build with so many different things can you relate to imposter syndrome at all and going from being this person who stayed so small and now you're you know you're a professional speaker you're an author like you definitely have had to face that if if so yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. And I think one of the biggest myths about somebody that we think has done something or is successful is that they don't have those feelings. They're never nervous. And I used to think this all the time, the people I would look up to and say, I wish one day I could do these things, but I can't because I get too nervous or I have these thoughts about myself mm -hmm. when really... The only difference between anyone who's done something you want to do and you is that they just have gotten good at keeping going, even though yeah. they're having those thoughts yeah. and it's nervousness is still, it's something I think is in my body. It sort of lives in me because of the state I grew up in for mm -hmm. so many years. And I've learned to sort of adjust the perception on what that feeling might be in my body to, instead of it manifesting as a panic attack mm -hmm. and being anxiety in my own space. Now I tell myself, well, my goodness, if I'm having a little bit of that feeling all of a sudden, this must be important to me. There's mm -hmm. something I want to do well in what <clears throat> it is that I'm about to step into. And maybe I'm just excited. Like maybe I'm going to do a really great job and I'm just super excited mm -hmm. and noticing and just catching those thoughts, but just doing it anyways. I mean, it still comes up for me, even yeah. to this day. It's, I think every time you continue to grow and expand and do something even mm -hmm. bigger and more, it's, it's going to be there at that threshold of saying yes to those unknown things. Yeah, totally. That that's been huge for me is really recognizing it in my body when I, when I am having those nervous feelings and really trying to figure out, is that nervousness or is that excitement? Is that just looking to like new things and learning? And, and now I'm much better at facing those things. And it's like, okay, I'm nervous, but this is gonna be really fun. And I'm nervous because like you said, like it's important to me and it's something I want to do well at. So it's going to be fine. And like all through college, I made myself go first on, mm. like I was a communication major. So anytime we had to do a speech, anytime we had to work with a partner and get in front of the class, I would always go first. So I didn't have to sit there with those feelings, you know? Yeah. I would just like get it done and get out. And that really has helped me overcome that. Like you said, like doing it over and over again. Um, so yeah, I think really just putting yourself out there and, and facing it is the best way to overcome it for sure. Yeah. Such a great tip to do it first. Don't mm. stew in all those feelings for all that time. And cause then you're not even focused in the present uh, of what yeah. everybody else is doing either. 
Exactly. You're totally lost in like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating. My stomach hurts. My heart's racing. Like I remember my heart just pounding out of my chest. And finally I put two and two together. I'm like, okay, if in order for me to get through this faster, I just need to get it over with. And And then I wouldn't be as nervous because those feelings hadn't, you know, festered and spiraled into something even worse. So, and I would always do a great job and I was always super proud of myself after, you know, it's like all inside my brain of, you just have to like trick yourself all the time. It feels like. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. The very first time on stage, I legit thought I was going to pee my pants. (laughs) Like my body was telling me, you're going to pee your pants when you walk up there. And I was like telling my mind this can't happen. And right (laughs) as they're announcing me and I'm about to walk up the steps, I'm literally thinking to myself, this may be happening. Like I, I just, it was the craziest thing. And of of course I didn't pee my pants, but I feel like I could have convinced myself that I was going to, I let myself keep thinking those thoughts. (laughs) I'm curious, what was your first talk on stage? Like what, what was it about? Uh, this was such an incredible for, full circle moment for me because remember that 2017 conference that I was mm-hmm. sitting in and it was extraordinarily hard just to be in the audience. Well, that same conference in 2019, I actually was a speaker on stage wow. there talking about the journey of anxiety and conquering fear in, in your career. And it was a huge real estate conference for top producers. And it was the first time I was able to be around my peers mm-hmm. and feel like I I had worth and feel yeah. like I had confidence and the ability to be there. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Do you find that it's harder to, or the, did you, sometimes I think doing that type of thing in front of your peers is harder than doing it in front of strangers. Yeah, oh, most definitely. <laughs> you feel like you can be whoever you want to be in front of a stranger, even though that might sound a bit strange. It's like I get to try on this part of my personality that I haven't mm-hmm. shown to other people before. And it's really that allowing yourself to be reinvented. And it's one of the reasons I love moon phases, because during the new moon phase is when I teach how to step into almost like an alternate personality mm-hmm. or an alter ego and trying on that identity. Because if it's a piece of you that you would like to show to others or embody, then it is actually in you. Yeah. And it's just waiting for permission to actually be expressed. You have to talk more about that. That is, I was going to ask you about the moon phases and how you navigate that with people. So this is something that you offer as a coach, right? Yeah. So I'm all about the moon phases. And as a spiritual business coach, I teach energetics and business. And we dive a bit into the logical business practices and planning and and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But really, it's more about when you're showing up in a certain way, there's actually some energetic components collectively to how the world runs and where our natural cycles are that actually either support, say, moving forward, taking action, moving out of your comfort zone and building momentum, Mm -hmm. or there's other phases that are more conducive to rest and rejuvenating and getting feedback and making adjustments in your life and business. So if you kind of picture the salmon, how it swims upstream to get to its destination, and a lot of them don't make it to where they need to migrate, Mm -hmm. that's what most people are doing in life is we are going Mm -hmm. against the grain of our natural flow. And we do this because it is preached and it has been the way of the world through structures and systems that you hustle and you grind and you burn yourself out. And then we celebrate you because you're so busy that you don't have time to do anything else. And like, I died in that life and I'm so sick and tired of the mentality that that's how you be successful. So 
looking at moon phases, the reason I really got into this was after I did all my logical trainings, I got communication skills and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I still had a big piece of me that just felt uncomfortable in certain scenarios. And I, I couldn't really understand it. And there was one night when I was standing out on the shoreline of my property that I had this waterfront home that I was having a lot of trouble seeing. And I didn't understand why, because it was so beautiful, Mm -hmm. but my own energy was influencing the sale. I was just like really funky in my space at the time. I didn't get where I was supposed to go in life. I was out of alignment and I would go out in the middle of the night and stare up at the sky. And and it was this big, beautiful full moon that, you know, we tend to be obsessed with. We love full moons as humans. Mm -hmm. And I would pour my drink in. I would cry. I would ask, why is my life so hard? What am I doing wrong? Why am I struggling? Where's this anxiety coming from? And I didn't realize the power of what energy I was actually sitting in at the time with this full moon being the time of full expression in our lives. And mm-hmm. I was asking questions essentially really to the universe or mm-hmm. whatever it is that's out there. And I started to get answers. I started to release a lot of emotions that I didn't realize I needed to. Mm-hmm. And I was naturally doing this. And I started to get really interested in what's going on with these moon phases and why, when I seem, seem to work a certain natural cycle about it, does my results in life and the way I feel tend to really amplify. And I'll say that now I really do everything by moon faces. Anytime I do a book project or a coaching program or anything to do with anything, I I literally plan it according to where we are in our phases. Mm. And I've had some incredible things happen because of it. So you, do you think this kind of translates into the salmon going with the flow instead of upstream? So now if you're going with the moon phases, you're more in alignment and going with the direction that is going to be less resistant. Yeah. It's a less resistant piece. Right. And, and the reason <laughs> yeah. why this, works. so if, you know, you think, okay, moon phases, that's a little weird and out there for me. That's totally okay. Because all this really is, is a cycle of teaching people how to really connect into your vision and your passion first yes. and how you feel. And then moving into that phase of taking inspired action versus action someone told you to take. And then acknowledging when that imposter comes up and knowing mm. at what point in that cycle is it going to come up and what do I do about it? And then moving to the end of that to say, okay, how do I close out all of the progress that I'm making? by making any adjustments or looking at my feedback and then you do it all again. So it becomes this natural flow to eliminate the highs and the lows that we tend to go through as, you know, entrepreneurs and just in life. Yeah. I feel like this is gosh, so important. I I just had a realization that for me, especially I notice these different phases throughout the month and sometimes I'm hard on myself or I guilt myself. Like, why aren't you in your creative flow or why aren't you, you know, grinding? And, but I need, this would allow me to give myself permission to rest. And I've been trying to pay more attention to that. Like, when am I feeling this? When am I feeling more energized and creative? And now I really need to dive into this because if, if I go with it instead of against it, it's going to make everything flow so much better and I'm, yeah. I'm all about trying to make things less resistant, you know, with five kids. I'm like, okay, what's the best way we can flow through all of this? But it's more internal. You know what I mean? It's more about what my own thoughts and what I'm going through from day to day. And I don't have 
a menstrual, I mean, I must have a menstrual cycle, but I don't actually have like a period. So I never know when it is, which is throws me off even more. Cause I'm like, okay, where am I at right now? Am I in like, am I approaching? Am I done? You know? So yeah. Where, where would I start to even like look into that? Yeah. So I love this because there's so much here that would be a huge benefit for you. And I do a free moon calendar. So it's a great way to start off and to learn, okay, when are these phases? What do they mean? And on the moon calendar, it gives you some prompts to say, okay, this might be your focus during this particular week. Mm -hmm. And also a mantra that really coincides with that internal sort of adjustment to what we're thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. And you can find that at moonlogic.school. And it, it's super easy to grab. It's brand new every month. And we actually have a, an app that's releasing very soon. That'll have Ooh. the moon calendar in the app and you'll get notifications. That's awesome. and yeah, I'm very excited. It's been in the works for the last year. And uh, one of the things that was featured on Dragon's Den was actually the app and the navigation deck that goes along with it. That is so cool. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you. That's it's great. It's really exciting. Yeah, maybe we can put a link in the show notes to the moonlogic.school. Um, is that what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm very interested in that and learning how to just flow more ease, easier and and feel good about it. You know what I mean? And not guilt trip myself. And as women with children and working or even stay at home moms, like everyone just feels like they have so much to do every day and they got to get it all done. No time for rest. Make sure the house is clean. Laundry's done. Make sure your career is good. Your husband's good. Your kids are good. And it's like, okay, like this can't happen every single day of our life. It just can't. We will crash straight into burnout. Yeah. So, yeah, this is like such a valuable tool to use to, to take care of yourself, honestly. Yeah. And it really, you get the question a lot of the times, how did you come up with this or how did you get into this or where did you learn that this works? And the answer really just is that I did what I felt called to do for me. I researched mm. what I needed to. I started to get these ideas, implemented them into my own life first. And as soon as I started to seeing these actual really huge results and, yeah. and showing externally, that's when I said, oh, wait a minute, this is kind of a really great thing that other people could get a benefit out of. And that's why it seems like things move really quickly for some people, right? When you look on the outside, how do they do all these things in this short amount of time? Right. And it's because of alignment, right? If somebody else tried to create moon phases and a magic school, and it really wasn't their thing, they weren't passionate about it. They could be brilliant at the information, but it would be a slow moving vehicle against right. the grain, that salmon, right. because it's not their thing. Right. So it really helps to teach where is your internal guidance like uh, leading you to find your thing. I was just going to ask that. How do you find your thing? <laughs> I know it's it's probably like such a, you know, wide range question. But for someone who's sitting there listening, who's like, gosh, I have no idea what I want to do. And I don't know what is my passion. I don't know what lights me up. Where would you tell them to start? Yes. Start at the beginning of the cycle. There's this really cool flow that will happen if you do one lunar cycle with me. So say you even just get the free moon calendar and you're looking mm -hmm. at what the prompts are here. There's huge realizations that you're going to have that there's actually breadcrumbs mm -hmm. that are out there, pieces to your puzzle 
example as to what lights you up and what you're meant to do as your purpose in everything that you're doing. It's almost like this puzzle that is just waiting to be put together. Mm. And sometimes what will happen during, again, that like new moon phase that I tend to really love because it's when the moon is darkest in the sky, you don't really see it glowing, but what's happening is you see all of the stars around the moon that you wouldn't have seen before. And it's highly symbolic of going dark and internally and looking at, wait, what are the things that I haven't seen before? Where haven't I not allowed myself to be excited about that thing that I said no to before Mm -hmm. or that my partner didn't support me on, but I was really excited about. And you start to make some connections during that particular phase as the one that is really supportive in doing that. What's the next phase? I'm just curious. (laughs) So we are sitting in a really cool time as we are recording this right now. And we are about to come up to, we're about a week away from a full super moon that's occurring on August 30th. And I have been talking about this full super moon for the last couple of months in the magic school where you get magic sessions that are dropped in They're like quick 10 minute videos that really give information on what that phase is all about, what to do do what not to do. And this phase that's coming up, it not only is it a super moon and it is one of four consecutive super moons, which is like big, beautiful energy. That's great for manifesting, but it is also a blue moon. And Mm. the blue moon is one that really only occurs every couple of years. So we are about to enter into a time period where you might get some really exciting hits internally on things that you would have loved to do in the past, but, you know, thought, "Mm, I don't know if that's for me to do. I don't have time for that. Notice those thoughts and feelings that come up over the next two weeks here, because we've got this huge container of energy that says it's once in a blue moon for you. You may get once in a blue moon opportunities. So notice when people are asking you to do certain things, what would you have said no to before that? Maybe you're being guided to say yes to, because there's a, yeah, there's a lot of really great energy and, and it's all about this climax. So noticing too, that sometimes we're not in this really great state of celebration and, oh my goodness, everything's going fantastic. Mm-hmm. What can happen during this time too, is more of, Ooh, I'm overwhelmed. Ooh, there's so many things I'm doing that I need to not do anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's also about identifying like, what side are you on? It's a, yeah. Uh, just a height of emotions essentially is what the full moon energy represents. So there great. can be a duality to it. Yeah. I'm just thinking of my daughter, like all the emotions that are yeah. probably going to come. So, and her oh name's my. blue. So we're going to have to talk oh about this, my. this blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like yeah. sharing, sharing this stuff with her. I think it's cool to teach her. She's eight and oh. really oh. interested in all of that. So that's awesome. Okay. So you're saying for the next two weeks, so it's before and during basically. So it builds. Yeah, so, okay. So just leading up to that full moon phase is what we call the first quarter moon phase. It's technically what we're going to hit uh, tomorrow leading up to that time. And it's really where we're still, we're building some of this energy. So we're, we're building that climax of emotions, either into the really positive or into, you know, what we need to release and, yeah. and identifying what's coming up. So it's, it's a lot of momentum and uh, noticing where you're planting seeds energetically is, is what it's all about. So mm-hmm. thoughts become things, right? 
right? What are we focused on? How is that making us show up in a certain way? This is the time period to pay attention, to feed your mind good things, especially at this time because you're planting those seeds. Okay. I'm going to make sure I release this episode next week. So it's like on track, you know, that way people can kind of think back to the week before and what's happened and the week that's coming. So That's so cool. I love that. Let's see how much time do we have left? Okay, we have time. I wanted to ask you about your books. There's two books that I was, you know, looking deeper into and she's no longer silent and home of the soul. And some of the reviews on home of the soul, I need to get that book. It sounds amazing. It sounds like something that's right up my alley. So can you just tell me a little bit about it and what inspired you to write it? Yeah, so Home of the Soul was essentially written during the three rock bottom years of my life. I didn't expect it to be a book. I was never (laughs) intending on being an author. I was literally writing down these incredible experiences that were happening to me inside my home. Mm -hmm. So I was a real estate agent struggling to sell my own home that really should have sold. I had so many deals fall apart on it. And I was trying to understand what am I doing wrong? I felt like a failure. Mm -hmm. But really what was happening is I was actually learning how to develop my gifts of sensing energy. I was sort of stuck in that home to actually crop open all of the parts of me that I had been rejecting. And it was again, like this divine intervention that was going on. And the, the book I actually wrote, all of these notes and things, these crazy, like things that you would not believe were going on (laughs) to me at this time. It was fully my spiritual awakening that occurred. Mm -hmm. And when I ended up moving, my husband and I, we, we literally sold everything that we had and we moved to a new area, started our lives over. And I put together the book in like three months. It it just came through so quickly when I started writing and It's a really cool experience to read because not only does it actually go into the details of what really happened during that time in my life, Mm -hmm. but it talks about how I got out of it and it also flips back and forth in time. So it almost feels like time travel as you move through the chapters. They're not in sequence of like a linear timeline. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're actually back even into a past life. There is a transcription there from a past life regression I had done on me that Mm -hmm. actually changed a huge issue with sleepwalking that I'd had my entire life. It it altered the whole course of my sleeping patterns in that particular session. Who did you do that session with? I'm so curious. So a, a dear friend of mine who is a, a mentor, somebody that just, again, showed up along my path synchronistically, and she happened to be in town. She actually came to my home. She lived on the other side wow. of the country, but she was able to meet me in my home and do this incredible session. And wow. she became my trainer as well, who I then became a past life regressionist myself and do these types of sessions with clients too now. That is so cool. So past life regression. I'm trying to think about what that means. And it was affecting your sleep. Yeah. I was doing a very interesting thing in my sleep. I've always slept well as a child, but into adulthood, doctors were telling me like, this isn't really that usual to actually get up out of bed and not be consciously aware of what you're doing. It's pretty dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I started doing these really erotic behaviors that my husband was even a little bit worried about my own safety and his safety. And I was not conscious of what I was doing. So I had to get to the root of why I was doing what I was doing in my sleep. And it turns out that I I really had an incredible reason for something that I was reenacting in my sleep on repeat. It was almost like when you have the night terrors, but I was physically 
acting out the night terror essentially and having no conscious memory of it and waking up in a state of terror. Like it it was a lifelong issue that literally resolved like just immediately after doing that session. And the really cool thing about past life regression is that you don't actually have to believe in past lives. Like I understand that that might be a little bit outside of the comfort zone for many people out there. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even really at first either, but it is more about your mind and, and somebody guiding you to make the connections in your subconscious to information that you're ready to resolve. So Mm -hmm. whether or not it becomes a story that really makes sense, that helps you make connections and resolve the way you're thinking about something, or is it actually tapping into memories that you knew to be true at another time? We don't know. No one ever knows. No one can tell you they concretely know for certain. But all I can say is it works. (laughs) And it's really helpful. What were you acting out? So I had uh, an experience where in a past life, I had my entire family that I I lost in a very tragic fire. And one of the things that I was re-experiencing essentially in my sleep, and I don't have any experience like this in my actual life or anything that I've lived in my actual experience. But what I was doing in my sleep was I would wake up hovering almost over top of my husband in like a protective stance and like over top of him still lying in the bed, but like almost like you'd throw yourself over someone that you're trying to protect. And I would just then wake up in a state of terror in that position and looking up, like I would be looking up, like something is coming down on us. And it it was really horrible to experience time and time again. And I didn't have any memory of what I was seeing or feeling or or anything. It was just almost like old muscle memory. My body Mm -hmm. was doing it unconsciously. And in having the actual memory of going through the details of Mm -hmm. what I felt to be true during that regression, I was able to not only connect to, okay, this is what you're doing, but then you can make steps to really resolve the way you think about it mm-hmm. when you're in this more so hypnotic type state, right? And, and allowing right. for your, myself to see my future where I was able to overcome those deep sadness feelings of grief for losing my loved ones and that I was safe in the place that I was now that I did not need to hold on to that pain. And, and it mm-hmm. really moves you through all of those pieces. Wow. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah, yeah changed I my life. It's in the book. It's, it's a total transcript. You'll get to immerse yourself in what that experience was. That's, I love, I love the sound of this book because it sounds so real, so raw and relatable and real things you were experiencing. And I love the back and forth between time. Some of my favorite books are like that. So yeah, I'm super excited to read it. Home of the Soul. And I think you can get on Amazon, can't you? Yes, it's on yeah. Amazon and uh, it's on a few different places. And it's uh, on my website. If you go to coachkatie.com, there's a couple of places to buy it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll link all of that in the show notes as well. And then your other book, She's No Longer Silent. What is that one about? So that's actually a co-author book that I was a part of before I wrote Home of the Soul. I oh, had an wow. opportunity yeah, to do a, a chapter in a book and I I said no to it because I was very, very afraid to share anything about what Mm. my story had been. My my personality had been shut down for quite some time in all of those old experiences. And I had a really good friend who actually stepped up and said, look, I'm going to support you in whatever you need to be in this book and to get through writing this. And so it, it talks about uh, my story of anxiety. It's it's just a chapter in that particular one and being able to really start using my voice for the very first time and gaining confidence in that. 
Isn't it funny how we do these things while we're, we're still feeling it? You were still working through it at the time because she had to kind of support you through it. But you're yeah. writing to show other people that you can do it while you're yeah. still going through it. Like, that's why this that's why I love coaching. That's why I love this work, because we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to be perfect in these, you know, have a white coat on or you know what I mean? Just just know yeah. it all. We can be going through the journey ourselves while helping other people, while yeah. helping other people, you know, improve their life in some way, just because maybe we went through it already. We're just a little further ahead, you know? Yes. So I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that part. It, it really was something that held me back for so long from speaking out and being myself and being able to be vulnerable because I didn't think anyone would want to hear me, you know? So until I started learning, like, okay, no, if I would have known what I know right now, five years ago, I would have wanted someone to tell me, you know, walking, walking into a relationship and blending a family. Like there's so much more I want to talk about with that. And Mm -hmm. Because it's so common these days, you know, like so many blended families everywhere now that people need support in that area. So that's another that's another thing that I'm really interested in. But yeah, I love that we can be going through these things while helping other people. That's that's the beauty of it. I have another question for you. I'm really curious on your take of the power of storytelling, because I really am looking for people that want to share their story, but I'm finding that people are really nervous and they're afraid to be vulnerable on a podcast on such a large platform. What can you tell me about the power of storytelling, like how it really impacts the world? Because I know it does, but I want my listeners to know too. Yeah. Storytelling is really the key to healing. And there's an interesting thing that tends to happen when we tell our stories. So yes, it is absolutely incredibly normal to feel like you can't. Mm -hmm. The very first thought is, I don't know how I'm going to do that because what is so-and-so going to think or how am I going to feel? Or I don't know if I'm the person who should be sharing this and all the thoughts that we have. But the magic behind sharing your story is that two things are going to happen. Number one, you are going to inspire somebody else who is going through what you're going through to find their own sense of power. They're going to make their own connections through your story to move them through. And you're not even going to know that you've inspired this person, that you've made a difference in their life, that then that person's going to make a difference in their kid's life or their spouse life or somebody else down the line. And it's the ripple effect to how we actually get through this life experience is by sharing our stories. So it's almost like it's your mission. If it's on your heart, if you're scared to do it, like do the thing that scares you most, because it is part of your mission. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that is a byproduct of this is it is part of your healing journey. It is part of the healing and the dealing. Exactly. And the moment in which you actually share those pieces that you feel that you couldn't is when we start to make integration and resolution on them. Mm -hmm. And we get this outside perspective all of a sudden when we say it out loud, like the first time I said, I'm really struggling with anxiety to a stranger. And it felt really icky for me to say, but the moment I did, it started to transfer all of those old feelings outside of me mm-hmm. so that I could then make the connections I needed to meet the people I needed to. And it is part of the stepping stone to being on the other side where you feel like you can authentically share that story 
And then you'll have another story of something else that you've gone through. That'll feel like, I don't know if I can share that part of my story. And you'll move through that journey of finding a way to do it because you know that it is going to make a difference for someone else. And because it is going to make a difference for you personally in doing it as well. Seriously, that was so perfectly said. Amazing. Mm. Like I want to clap right now. (laughs) I'm definitely going to cut that and make it a a videogram because that was awesome. Oh, I um, think. Yeah, it's so true. It's such a huge part of healing. And it, it's telling my story has healed me in places I didn't even know I still needed to heal. So I love that. And I hope, I hope that the, you know, my audience listening knows that their story can inspire someone and it will. And like you yeah. said, you, you won't even know it. I ha- I get so many people just like a random message, you know, and they're like, wow, hearing, you know, episode number four really helped me feel like I wasn't alone. And thank you so much. And those are the messages that keep me going. You know, those are the ones that are like, all right, Charlotte, you should keep doing this. And as soon as I think, oh, no one's listening, but like, I know they are, but in my brain's trying to trick me, you know, I'll get, I'll get these, these messages coming in or I'll see someone and they'll say, I didn't know you had a podcast. It's so good. And I'm loving it. And I'm like, okay, thank you universe. I needed to hear that. You know, I needed to feel like someone's getting something from this and they truly are. So that's why I'm inviting you. Like if you have a story and you want to share it and it might be scary, but like Katie's saying, you know, do the thing that's scary. It's, it's going to help heal you. And we could have an amazing conversation and both learn and grow and you're going to inspire the listeners. So Katie, I so appreciate all of this. This whole conversation was absolutely incredible. So thank you for sharing your your vulnerability and your expertise and really just opening the window to so many new things that I can't wait to dive into myself. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me here. And if you're listening and you're you know thinking about doing the whole story thing yourself, I would highly, highly suggest you connect with Charlotte because my goodness, the, the energetic container in this space that you've created, just, you may not sense it through the airwaves, but I sense it here with you and you've created an amazing thing for people to feel safe in sharing. And that's a natural skill and ability. So keep, keep doing your magic there because you're, you're doing something really good for the world. Thank you so much. I received that fully. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, everyone. We'll, We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.